queer halftime <laughs> is becca i use she they pronouns and i'm here with a very somber kelsey it's true my name is kelsey i also use she they pronouns the world is cruel i'm taking out this earring because i realize it's going to clack through the whole recording mm-hmm. um so just a heads up we are talking about abortion in canada today um for those of you who this might have been your whole week or for those of you in the states if that's going to be a little bit much for you feel free to give this one a skip um otherwise we've got some really interesting canada specific stuff to talk about yeah fuck kelsey's super excited yeah i mean this whole this whole roe v wade thing is like messing with my brain quite a bit so i'm glad that we are talking about how it's applicable here because Mm -hmm. I can't handle hearing one more person be like why are you so upset it's not happening in Canada so let's talk about Canada shall we yeah um so it's actually abortion is legal here in all stages regardless of the reason and is publicly funded nice so um That doesn't mean you can just kind of go anywhere and get it though. Mm -hmm. So access kind of varies by region. If you're rural, you're probably gonna have to travel to a city. Um, If you're in New Brunswick, you might have a little bit of trouble, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have thoughts on that. Um, And we have no criminal restrictions whatsoever on abortion, um, but like physicians and their professional Mm -hmm. regulatory bodies have rules. Um, so no providers in Canada offer abortion after 23 weeks and six days, which is six months, Mm -hmm. unless it's to save the life of the pregnant person. Okay. But before that point, you can go in and be like, abort it. Yo, I don't want to be pregnant. This is going to be the episode where I'm a little bit like blunt. So like, yeah, if you're sensitive to pro-abortion people, not pro-choice, pro-abortion because that's me I am (laughs) pro-abortion this is not this is where we're gonna fight you and I (laughs) I had a friend in high school who liked to start crap and I went to we all know I went to Catholic school and there were some very serious um pro-life aka like anti-uterus people yeah um and it was really easy to rile them up Mm -hmm. and so my friend was like you know blank um (laughs) I agree with you. <laughs> I don't think abortion should be a choice. I think everyone should have to get one. Amazing. <laughs> yes. And I've never seen the shade of red before <laughs> since yeah. that that kid's face turned. And it was like a half hour screaming match. Not even a match because no one was screaming at him. He just started shouting random stuff mm-hmm. that didn't make any sense. And, and like people left the room and he didn't even seem to notice which I feel like it's, that's exactly how you can like describe the people that are so against stuff like this. Yeah. When people leave the room, if you don't notice and you're still yelling, that's a problem. Like that means that what you're saying is more about you and less about the people around you. For sure. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, there's a misconception that abortion was kind of always banned until recently but that's not true mm-hmm. um in a lot of the world it was actually pretty fine like even in britain when we were still a british colony um abortion was fine until what's called the quickening mm-hmm. 
which I'm pretty sure is just when baby starts moving around and you realize like you can start feeling them mm-hmm. and then it's like no more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was first banned in 1869, which was two years after Canada became a country and it remained illegal for the next hundred years, basically no abortions, any circumstances. Uh, and then it was revised in 1969 in the same series of laws that we've kind of talked about before that legalized sodomy mm. and contraceptives. I love sodomy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was just a real bad joke. <laughs> so yeah, that was our buddy um, Trudeau Sr. again. Oh. So yeah, 100 years. Um, but even then, liberalizing the abortion laws did not mean it was easy to get. So basically it made an exception for abortions performed in hospitals with the approval of a three doctor therapeutic abortion committee. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a committee. There is a committee. Um, wow. So the committee would have to certify that the pregnancy would be likely to endanger the life or health of the pregnant person. All of these say woman, I'm just going to replace it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the term health was not defined. So it was kind of up to them. So also, just to clarify. And these were predominantly men. I was like, are these people poor people of women of color? Like poor uterus having people of color. No. That's the only people that should be making these Doctors in the 60s, predominantly white men who could afford medical school. Right. Although granted, it was much cheaper then. Mm. But still. Um, And the committee, like, it's one thing if you're like, hey, you know, I inherit, most likely inherited this thing from my mother that made pregnancy extremely dangerous and going Mm -hmm. before them. But there are stories of, you know, women, these are specific stories, Mm -hmm. I'm saying women, um, of women coming in pregnant. And there, there was one specific one I read and it wasn't anything that they knew about. It happened very, very suddenly. And Mm so this woman was hemorrhaging in her, you know, trigger warning. Mm-hmm. very very she survives yeah good but um dad and the young firstborn mm-hmm. were there and basically had to dad had to fight with this committee of like my wife is currently dying mm-hmm. unless you allow the doctors to abort this kid that is killing her yeah and he actually after hours like he brought the firstborn who was young at that time mm-hmm. in front of the committee and was like you tell my kid that you were gonna let his mom die oh my gosh Good for him. And they, they allowed it. Mom survived. Nice. Yeah. But it was things like that because you don't always know. Mm-hmm. Like if you get, you know, preeclampsia or whatever, you don't know. Yeah, totally. That that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So a committee is great if you know three months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and yeah. you can plan. So there were some serious issues with this. And then throughout the 60s, there was a big movement to kind of liberalize the abortion laws. Mm-hmm. And there was a chief coroner of Ontario named Morton Shulman at the time. And he recalled that pregnant daughters of the rich Mm. were sent to reliable physicians who did abortions for cash. And that these physicians were doing, you know, over a dozen a week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the point. Rich people in America will always be able to get abortions. And in this case, Canada, like if and it in was Canada, every- you know, a politician mm-hmm. or a rich person's mm-hmm. kid or their mistress. Um, <sighs> oh, this is the most, this is one of the most frustrating things that's happened in my lifetime. So yeah, basically pregnant people who were not rich were left to either perform a self-abortion or go to what he called a nurse abortionist. 
and I'm not going to tell anybody the ways that they try these because I don't want to give you all ideas Mm -hmm. um, because they're so dangerous and so many people died. And that's the thing. So this coroner, he decided to publicize the deaths from all these illegal abortions by having a public inquiry around every single one. So Mm -hmm. basically they would you know, be in the news, they would be in the, like, Mm -hmm. it would raise awareness of all these people Mm -hmm. that were dying of these, you know, unsafe abortions. And there was one specific case, um, you know, a mother of three pregnant with a fourth actually died from an infection um, that really kind of spurred people on. Yeah. Right. Because it wasn't just, you know, teenagers being promiscuous like this was this was actual this was a respected woman in a stable marriage three other children right like people were yeah desperate and then we get to 77 and there's the badgley committee um named for the head of it Mm -hmm. and it found basically that the procedures set out for the abortion law are not working equitably across canada go figure (laughs) it's one of those like you know, people see studies and they're like, yeah, water is wet. And it's like, yes, but we need to be able to point to studies and findings and things Mm -hmm. to show the people who are just so like have their heads so far up their ass. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the same with all the ones about like affirming healthcare saves trans kids. And we're all like, yeah, of course, but it's something that we can show conservative politicians. We like, see, there is peer reviewed research yeah it's awful but you almost have to scare these people into realizing well and they need numbers that it's, people will die yeah <laughs> like, it's terrible yeah um basically the report recommended better like family planning mm-hmm. education uh to reduce the number of unwanted pregnancies but their main conclusion was um that abortion services were not being delivered as required so again if you're rural like if you live in northern ontario if you live in the territories good yeah. luck um so let's talk about our supreme court (laughs) nice because there is one really big decision and then two that kind of bolstered it Mm -hmm. that are really the kind of foundation of canada's lack of abortion laws Mm -hmm. really because we don't we don't have any yeah (laughs) so um the supreme court of canada has nine justices and unlike in the states they actually have a mandatory retirement age of 75 but they can retire early or there is a process that they can be booted through a vote by the Senate and the House of Commons, which I think is a better role than the mistakes, where they can, they are on, it's a life appointment. Why are they allowed to work until they're 75? Well, so with At this, 75 years old, you should not be making decisions about people's bodies that are 50, 60 years younger than you. I agree. Um, with Canada, there are very specific requirements of how to become a Supreme okay. Court judge. So you have to have a certain amount of experience as a judge. You have to have been part of the Bar Association gotcha. for so long. So it is going to be, you know, you're not going to have a 30 year old Supreme Court justice. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'll back down from this one. <laughs> no, 75, a little bit old, but at least it's not, you know, the 80 and 90 year olds, like, you know, we all adored Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We were all holding our breath for her to die and for all this to go down because she was ancient. Yeah. And had she not died, RBG, this is all your fault. Well, it still, <laughs> it still would have been 
five to four. So it would have been closer, but yeah, yeah, the American Supreme Court is six conservatives to three Dems. Um, although like them, they are appoint ours are appointed by the prime minister. Mm -hmm. So right now we've got a half and half split basically between Harker appointees and Trudeau appointees. Mm -hmm. Um and of course three of them have to be from Quebec. <laughs> I don't they, even so they I'm not even gonna get Quebec apparently uses civil law and the rest of Canada uses common law. And please don't ask me the difference because I do not know, but that's the rationale. And then generally there's another three from Ontario. And then the other three are like one from Maritimes, one from the prairies, one from BC and the territories. Oh man. Yeah. Listen, if we have any listeners that live in Quebec that understand why you guys do any things very differently, please call us because we would love to interview you. Oh, because I don't get that. I didn't have time. All. I didn't have time to look into the difference between civil and common law just for my own interest. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the difference. <laughs> yes, those are kind of setting the stage. Okay. And um, they were not all men at this time. Oh, thank God. So um basically we're gonna get to dr henry morgenthaler mm -hmm. and we morgenthaler is a well-known name even if you don't know who it was mm -hmm. um so basically in defiance of the current abortion law at the time he began performing abortions at his clinic in montreal without approval of a committee mm -hmm. he was like i'm gonna just do it in my clinic yes, you can't queen. stop me <laughs> amazing yeah so he challenged the constitutionality of the abortion law on two separate occasions. Um, the Supreme Court dismissed his first challenge in 75, but in 1988, which is the big one, I've got multiple pages here. I'm ready. Um, the court allowed his second challenge and found that uh, the abortion law went against section seven of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is specifically security of the person. Um, and one justice, a woman, yeah. <laughs> argued that it also went against a person's liberty and freedom of conscience. Um, basically because the decision to abort is primarily a moral one and therefore by preventing a person from doing so, the decision violates a woman's right to consciously held beliefs, right? right? So we all have a right to our own deeply held beliefs. This would violate it in her, yeah. yeah. So basically with the abortion law, the government was supporting one consciously held belief at the expense of another. Interesting. Yes. Um, therefore treating women as a means to an end and depriving them of their essential humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm using women because this was her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So not constitutional. We like her. 1988. Great job. Security the person. Love it. Love it. So while that case was being resolved, there was another abortion-related case that was brought to the Supreme Court. Okay. It was Trombley versus Daigle mm -hmm. in 1989. And basically, these two people had been in a relationship. Trombley was the um, man. Mm -hmm. Daigle was the woman who ended up pregnant. Trombley, a lot of domestic abuse. She left him, mm -hmm. wanted to get an abortion, wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. Right? Um, he tried to get an injunction to stop her basically on the grounds of protecting the fetus and protecting his future progeny, as he said. I know you're scrunching your face up. So this decision found that a fetus has no legal status in Canada as a person, which meant that men, while claiming to be protecting fetal rights, cannot acquire injunctions to stop their partners from attaining abortions in Canada. 
It also said that man can't use the argument of protecting their future progeny. Good. Um, she also, while this was being decided, popped on down to the States post Roe v. Wade, got herself an abortion, came back. Good for her. Like while this was being decided. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no fetal rights. Yeah. The same year, also 1989, we saw the Supreme Court decide on Borowski versus Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one is for all of the anti-abortion people. That was who Borowski was. Mm-hmm. was anti-abortion. And basically they declined to hear it mm-hmm. because he said that the law, which had been struck down by Morgenthaler, um, was too liberal and he wanted it tighter. Like no abortions under any circumstances. Right. And so the court declined to hear whether the fetus had a right to life. Um, he also argued that fetuses had a right, like a right to life, not only under Section 7, which is liberty, security, freedom of person, but also under the equal rights guarantee. And they were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch, friend. <laughs> yeah. So the Morgan Teller decision had already counteracted his whole argument. Good. And they were like, you get out. Um, so basically these two, the Borowski one and the Trombley versus Daigle Mm -hmm. closed off potential litigation for anti-abortionist people. Good. So it kind of solidified the Morgenthaler Mm -hmm. one. Cool. Um, he event, so Morgenthaler eventually brought a third constitutional challenge in 93, um, based on a Nova Scotia law that restricted access to abortions, um, and was successful because healthcare is... It wasn't their jurisdiction at the mm-hmm. time. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Basically, a province couldn't say no. Yeah. Now, healthcare is a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, the whole Morgenthaler decision in 88, the Supreme Court was like, no, this is on, you know, it goes against the Charter of Rights. Parliament, go make a new one. Mm-hmm. Go make a new law. A little bit. Right? So it didn't solidify it didn't claim a right to abortion Mm -hmm. in the charter it didn't do any of that they just said go make a new one yeah so it was a conservative government at that time the progressive conservatives under brian mulroney Mm. (laughs) we have thoughts about old mulroney i love that guy um (laughs) so they made two attempts to pass a new abortion law uh the first one didn't pass the house of commons they were like nah the second one um in 89 was actually weirdly defeated by the senate oh which doesn't really happen so basically some a couple of women who were pregnant had said oh my god this is about to become illegal Mm -hmm. and they attempted at-home abortions and they died two very very public ones oh wow and so the (laughs) justice minister at the time who i believe was kim campbell Mm -hmm. who for like a couple of months was became our first ever female prime minister. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, our only female prime minister could not win an election to get in. <laughs> she succeeded when Mulroney stepped down right before her. Like it was a whole yeah. thing. Not great. I've lost my train of thought. Basically, the Senate struck it down, which is super weird. They don't yeah. do that, but they were like, hey stop this these people just that stop yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of how we've arrived here so basically 
right now, Quebec has the most places you can go to get an abortion than Ontario, than BC. Uh, the territories have one to two, generally in the major hospitals like Yukon, you can only go to the Whitehorse Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Brunswick right now is refusing to pay abortion services outside of hospital settings, um, which caused has caused a really big thing, right? Because abortions are publicly funded in Canada. And in the last election, Trudeau actually said, which of course he didn't follow through on because God forbid the liberals fulfill an election promise. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different episode. (laughs) We're spicy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he basically said that healthcare transfers should be tied to certain things like the offering of abortion. Mm-hmm. So basically they would have withheld money from New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. For those of you wondering, healthcare is currently provincial, but the feds send money to each province to help them out with it. Mm-hmm. So basically it's like, if you're not doing abortions, we're not going to give you the money for abortions. Or anything else. Which we love. Yeah. New Brunswick is not. Didn't follow through. Um, yeah. For instance, if you're here in Alberta, you have to go to Edmonton or Calgary. Mm-hmm. I think there's five places. Um, but yeah, they're all in one of the two, like really big cities. Totally. So yeah, fetuses have no rights under Canadian law. Um, personhood does not apply until it has completely proceeded in a living state from the body of its mother. Thank you. So until exiting the womb slash vagina, however, however you get out of there. Yeah. If you're like me, you were extracted via C-section. You could kill Macbeth. Sorry. <laughs> it's a weird energy today it is but that's energy. the joke that my brother and i have because in the end of Macbeth, the whole thing is that no man of woman born could kill Macbeth, and the guy who kills him had been a c-section amazing and so my brother and i wish each other happy extraction day i love it yeah i love it i love it yeah <laughs> uh, i also so yeah that's where we are that's canada that's mm-hmm. abortion I have thoughts. I know you have thoughts. Yeah, go. My big thing is the whole religious freedom thing. Mm -hmm. Because we do, you have a charter right in Canada, like that you can practice your religion safely. However, these, the whole religious freedom thing, and like we're seeing this in the States, is it is a very specific brand of Christianity that these are based on. This is literally the exact point that I have been thinking in my mind. Right? So this brand of Christianity is making all the rules for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So to my knowledge, and I would have to double check this, in Islam, no rules. In the Bible, no mentions. Actually, there is one mention in the Bible of abortion, and it's how to do one. Mm -hmm. In Jewish In, In Judaism, that's the next one. Yeah. So in Judaism, not only is it allowed, but it's encouraged it is necessary if it's to save the pregnant person's life if the pregnant person's life is in danger it is necessary under judaism to abort yeah and it's considered like i don't know what happens if it's like i don't know what happens to people when they do bad things in religion but it's considered a bad thing to let the baby live at the expense of the mother yeah in that culture which is like or in that religion so like yeah like this is the whitest these are the whitest colonialist laws that have ever existed and so the other colonial thing is because the american supreme court is on a roll y'all 
because I think the timing of the Roe v. Wade announcement was really interesting because mm-hmm. like the day before they had announced um, a big loosening on gun laws. Yeah. Right. So nobody's talking about the guns anymore. Though. Yeah. But they just freaking Kavanaugh wrote an opinion the other day that basically runs over the sovereignty rights of indigenous like people on reserves yeah so yeah and this is what happens when we're not paying attention (laughs) you know like because they do this because it will get the attention and nobody will look at what's happening behind the scenes and all of the other really crappy laws well and so one of the other things is i mean it's obviously about control yeah it's all about control the whole abortion thing but also there have been statements from people who do like domestic adoptions who are very excited for the future influx of white babies because that's been a thing that's been happening for quite some time Mm -hmm. is you know what's called the birth dearth Mm -hmm. and it's specifically referring to white women not having enough babies to maintain a white majority yeah yeah (laughs) which give more abortions if you ask because we need less white babies oh my god the interesting thing like the one thing that i think about all the time and i was talking to my partner about this the other day is you scroll through tiktok or instagram reels and you see all of those people being like if you need to come to Canada for a trip to the mountains. That's so dangerous. Like, and people are literally being like, you can come stay with me and get an abortion in a different country. And if you think about that, that in itself is one of the most privileged things you can say because any woman in America, any person with a uterus in America that is pregnant and can afford on the drop of a hat to go to a different country and get an abortion is going to be able to get an abortion in America. It's also like, <laughs> please don't invite strangers to your house. Yeah. Please do not go to a stranger's house in another country. Also, the authorities know what you're saying. Like there are already abortion activists that have been doing this work for years mm-hmm. and laying this groundwork. Work with them. Pay, give them the money. Like instead of being like, I will pay for you to fly to me, take that money and give it to the organizations that are already doing this work in a safe way and are doing it to the, pe- giving it to the people that need it. Yeah. Because any, like, because they have funds mm-hmm. set up to get people And those funds support the people that need them, not the people that can already afford it. Like anybody that can afford to just hop on a plane when they find out they're pregnant and fly to Canada and just walk in and get an abortion, which is not covered by their health care because it's in a different country, can afford to get an abortion in America. Like this is not going to prevent people from getting abortions in America. It's just going to prevent people that are part of more marginalized communities from getting them. Like, yeah, I think, so one really cool example of abortion advocacy right now is um, a couple of groups in Mexico um, because they're, it's a very, very Catholic country, mm-hmm. right? And they've recently been making really huge gains and they, so there is a combination mm-hmm. of two prescription pills that will induce fairly safely mm-hmm. a miscarriage in early yeah thanks if you do it i'm i want to say don't do it alone mm-hmm. but also if you're in a state where it's super illegal and you can be 
convicted and have all these penalties, it's a really difficult road to walk. People, let's, so let's take away the dangers of pregnancy for some people, right? Let's just talk about how people just sometimes don't want a baby and things happen beyond their control that make them pregnant. Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing that I think like, I really, I want to make sure that like we talk about is it's not just to save people's life. Oh yeah. From illness. You know what I mean? And I know you and I know this, but like considering the community we serve, like think about the gender dysphoria that would come along with one of our trans mask kids getting pregnant. Yeah. Like I would never force them to go through that. And you know what? Queer people get assaulted regularly. Lots of people get assaulted regularly, but like the queer community has a higher rate of assault. And these things lead to things like unwanted pregnancy. And if you just don't want to be pregnant, that is enough. Yeah. Like it's not assault, even if it's you and your partner and you know, a condom breaks, like, or you don't lose you don't, one. Yeah. You don't want to be pregnant. Go for it. Yeah. Like, like you are like, I don't like mm. all the puritanical stuff around this. And like, you get some of the pro-life heavy quotation marks around that because again, mm. they're not pro-life being like, Oh, well, if it's in the case of assault or incest, then it's, it's like, okay. So you're not actually having a problem with abortion then. Yeah. Yeah. You're You've belied your underlying belief. Exactly. Also, all the white women dressing up in their handsmaid's tail costumes. Please stop that. Oh, dear God. Pick up a history book and read about Black and Indigenous women's reproductive um, oppression, really. Yeah. Like, that stuff's already happened. Like, that is a really great TV show, but it is a TV show. Yeah, like, like these things are real and really happen to... And women and still have people of color. Yeah. And still do. Yeah. Indigenous women still get sterilized in this country without consent. Yep. Indigenous women, indigenous individuals that have babies still get a social worker meeting them on the other side of their uterus. The baby comes out, the social worker picks it up. Like, like these things still happen to people. And that's not like, yes, you are trying to make a point, but you can do that without drawing extra attention to yourself. Like you, that's not that's not what you're we're trying to do like well and all the pro-life the super right-wing pro-life people that are like we'll adopt your baby I'm like bro I, I would not you give you my baby. yeah if I had a baby that I was giving up for adoption it would not go to you yeah you see that post that's floating around all over Facebook and it was like circulating for a little while and then it started circulating again when this Roe v. Wade got overturned and it was like the, I'm not pro-abortion, I'm pro-Becky, who has been assaulted by her uncle and is only 13. I'm pro-Jenny, who walked into her high school and made a bad decision and now wants her life back. And it's like, <laughs> people should just be able to get abortions. It's healthcare. Yeah. I'm pro-abortion because I actually don't have any right to be anything else. If you say you want an abortion, I don't have anything, right. any right to say no. It doesn't matter like what I would pick if it were me. No. That literally, that has no bearing on it. Yeah, that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. It's how you feel about what other people are doing because you're going to pick what you're going to pick regardless. <laughs> and statistically, if you are our age or younger, you probably know someone at least one. I know several. Oh, I know several people. 
that have gotten abortions. So just be careful with your pro-life rants. Yeah. You might you lose some friends. You've lost me as a friend. I have not had an abortion. I would have had a million had I gotten pregnant. Honestly, I had, did have one pregnancy scare in my childhood and I would have had an abortion and I'm not ashamed to say that. And I would have, if I were pregnant right now, I have one. Like, it's like, this is just not like for some people it's not, you know what? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It's just none of your business. <laughs> the reason is none of your business. Yeah. And that's the point. Like I don't walk into to die in a life and say, why you get this blood work? Like it's well, not your business. And so speaking of blood, so say like, say my brother or mm-hmm. something was in a horrible accident mm-hmm. and he needed blood or plasma or like anything like that. Something gross for Something <laughs> that I was the only close match for. You know? No one could force me to donate anything to him. Mm-hmm. I would, Jacob, if you're listening, <laughs> this is a hypothetical. <laughs> if you didn't need my kidney, you could have it. But nobody could make me give it yeah, to you. Yeah, I'd do it over my own free will. There you go. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because yeah, you can't force somebody to give up their bodily autonomy Don't for the health somebody. of someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's the same in the States where, yeah. Fetuses you know, are not people. Yeah. They're not. When I was like young, like I think I was in high school, Facebook had just come out. Like the very start of Facebook. I remember this like weird, like four screen picture popping up and circulating. And one would be like a silkworm and it would be like, this is not a dress. And then the the picture of like the egg and it would be like, this is not an omelet. (laughs) And then it would just have like this fetus like that you can't share on this on Facebook anymore because yeah. like you can't have a fetus in a picture but like and then it would be like this is not a baby and I was like oh this is yeah. aggressive and I was in high school and I got it yeah so like aggressive way to go about it but also like sometimes you have to do that because people do not listen and the people that are the loudest in these situations are the people that this will never affect well and that's the thing so some of these laws when you look into them are wild so like for instance say someone with a uterus has an ectopic pregnancy Mm -hmm. right basically that means it doesn't implant in the uterus properly and it there's this baby it's not going to turn into a baby no it's going to cause serious health issues Mm -hmm. for the pregnant person possibly kill them and there's like lots of like oh yeah you could take it out of the fallopian tube and re-implant it it's like bro that's not how it works you can't do that oh my god Oh dear God. <laughs> Take a science class. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. I know. There's some people have been posting their like things that like non-uterus having partners have said to them about menstruation or yeah. reproduction and stuff. And they're like, I think about this every time male governors try to make mm-hmm. laws about women's bodies. Like one one person's ex-boyfriend was like. I remember when my boyfriend said he thought that my eggs had little shells like chicken eggs. Mm -hmm. I think about that every time a man tries to make laws. And you know what the (laughs) most frustrating part about this is? And I think that this is probably the most frustrating part about all of this is, so how many people voted to overturn? So it was six to three. So, and one of them is a woman. Yes. And one of them is a black man. Yeah. Oh, Clarence Thomas is 
a whole thing. And his wife was texting Trump's head of staff on the day of the insurrection, uh, encouraging it. But that's a whole other thing. You know, it's not like he should recuse himself from the June 6th stuff. It's just like, yeah, it's wild because you would think that we would have a little bit of people, you know, those two votes would have pushed well, it the other that's way. The thing. So people who, I don't want to say drunk the Kool-Aid because mm-hmm. that's, you know, a lot of people died. That's, yeah, that's a really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I know what you mean. <laughs> but you know what I mean? People that have bought into this. Bought in so hard. Yes. Yes. It's like the gays for Trump thing. Yeah. It's like, babe, he's not on your side. Yeah. Gays for Trump? Yeah. There was an actual group of gays yes, for Trump. Yeah. Oh, I mean, generally white male gays. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is all about control. And when it pairs with the anti-trans laws and the anti-drag laws, which are just going to target trans people, it's all about controlling people. So, and this is where, like, and I know that you're, uh, I feel like, I don't know if you know I'm going to ask this, but I feel like you're waiting for me to ask this, even just know. like subconsciously, because I know people are thinking, I've seen a lot about people saying they're coming for the gays next. Yes. How explain that i get it but you see i was like i know (laughs) you're waiting i know you don't know you're waiting but you're waiting one of the arguments against affirming care specifically for trans mask individuals Mm -hmm. so assigned female female ever yeah right is that they will not be able that they are confused and they will not be able to have children later Mm -hmm. so this is also an issue for trans people Mm -hmm. and again it when you go back it is about control right it is about that white supremacy and patriarchy and everything and like everybody has to fit in this very specific box Mm -hmm. that this one guy imagined and now everybody has to be like that Mm -hmm. right and so there are you know people trying to push laws about you can't dress in drag in public which are of course then going to just target trans people right (laughs) most drag performers don't walk around in full drag yeah unless they're going to like like, part of the bar it's a lot of work yeah but yeah it's going to target trans people it's same with the anti-bathroom stuff like butch like mask lesbians have now been like people have demanded that they you know take down their pants so they can see that they (gasps) belong in the women's bathroom recently yes Uh... oh no there are stories of like very masculine women like I've mm. the most I've heard are from mass lesbians like mm-hmm. that identify as butch um who are a little bit more androgynous mm-hmm. or who might people confuse with trans men because they don't actually know what trans people look like yeah why do we care well that's the thing right so it's this imagined fear oh, and everybody's Christ. like think of the children but you're not thinking of the children <laughs> the children just got shot <laughs> like <laughs> I'm going to have to add so many trigger warnings. Like, I'm not trying to build the way. Let's talk about thinking of the children as we're loosening gun laws. see Sarah Huckabee Sanders? So I know you don't know who that is. I do not. She is Trump's former press secretary. Okay. She said. Trigger warning. (laughs) I don't actually know if it's a trigger warning, but I'm just preemptively giving you one. Yeah, trigger warning for school shootings. Um. But she said that fetuses should be as safe as children in school. I saw that. 
I saw that and it's like way to read the the barricaded real blade. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sarah, no. Yeah. Oh God. There's so many things I could talk about politics-wise in America and Canada and what a ridiculous place we're in. But just bringing it back to how this will impact why people are so, saying they're coming for gay marriage next. Well, so yeah. So basically, um, in the US, Roe v. Wade was founded the basic principle of it had to do with privacy Mm -hmm. right and the privacy to make medical decisions okay that was overturned Mm -hmm. that privacy section was the same reasoning for interracial marriage same-sex marriage um contraceptives and uh sodomy (laughs) (laughs) i won't say it but (laughs) but so that's and i believe it was clarence thomas who actually stated that he would like to go after those decisions. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So it's like, bro, you're in an interracial marriage and you want to go against interracial marriage? Yeah. So that is why. So when people are like, oh, they like, I'm worried they're coming after gay marriage next, it's because all of these things were, all of these laws were based on the same thing. Yeah. So it's about precedent. Yeah. Right. And so precedent is huge in the legal system. And what was really surprising about Roe v. Wade is it, overturned it went against precedent Mm -hmm. because they had reaffirmed it a couple of times Mm -hmm. so that was probably the most surprising thing also polling wise very few americans wanted this yeah i think it was something like 10 percent yeah um so it was very very small but yeah that's what people mean we said the abortion um revising in canada it was in the same set of laws as homosexuality and Mm -hmm. contraceptives so it's all lumped together Mm -hmm. it's a package deal and once one precedent is set it makes it much easier to go after things that relate the same way yeah it's the same with how dangerous the anti-trans laws are because you say oh it passed over there so it's gonna be easier for me to pass it over here yes which is why we have local Alberta-based people in the political world, MLAs, that are saying how excited they are that RV, Roe v. Wade was RV Wade. <laughs> that Roe v. Wade so, was overturned. Like the one you're referring to is actually a member of parliament. That, I was going to say that, but I didn't know for sure. If he was He's in federal. Been, yeah. That's even better. Oh God. So that. we have a number and St. Albert's MP is one of them who are against abortion. And one guy from Barhead actually did a live stream about how excited he was, Mm -hmm. right? And so since we don't have laws about abortion in Canada, it's not really in Trump. Mm -hmm. So this is our call to action. If you do not know who your MLA or your MP is, you can Google it. Mm -hmm. You can usually just find a site, you enter your address, and it will tell you who your representative is. Go to their website, get their email get their phone number, email, call them, whatever you want. You can do it multiple times if you want mm-hmm. and tell them that this is something that is important to you mm-hmm. because the Democrats could have enshrined the right to abortion many times over, but then they couldn't use it as a way to push for donations, mm-hmm. right? It couldn't be their wedge issue yeah. to say, hey, you need to vote for us or else this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be their boogeyman. And I'm worried 
that our federal government and our provincial governments are going to do the same thing. Totally. Right? So, and we talked about this last week, like one email might not make a difference, but there are stories of, you know, in the States, senators and congressmen and their offices taking the like phones off the hook mm-hmm. because they were ringing nonstop. And that makes a change. Yeah. When you flood someone's email so much, it crashes. <laughs> Take the same email, copy it, paste it, send it to your friends and tell your friends to send it from their emails. Make a new email, send it again. Like, yeah, you can create a very small army behind you. And I'm telling you, lots of us are creating tiny armies behind us and are doing this and are flooding their inboxes. And all you need to do is add yourself onto there because if you think you are the only one, there are two people that are doing it that are telling you you're not. (laughs) And so you don't just have to send it to your representative. You can CC the Minister of Health. Amazing. You can CC the Minister for the Status of Women. Mm-hmm. The Minister for Youth. Like, mm-hmm. and it, you can CC the whole damn, you know, house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, say, I am a constituent. I am concerned about this. What are you doing? Yeah. 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 So that's our soapbox. Um, do you have anything else to say? No. Keep on keeping on keep up a good fight yeah. um i feel like this was heavy mm-hmm. so let's do some crew joy all right do you want me to go first yeah okay so i have two okay because this was especially heavy so i want to do two okay i am going to the free will festival tomorrow which is like shakespeare in the park in oh, edmonton right. and i'm very excited shark <laughs> sorry get it shakespeare in the park <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's not even friday i don't even know how to explain the energy we have going right now but yeah so that's i'm very excited about that less excited about kelsey's terrible joke uh, <laughs> I, i'm gonna be laughing about it all day there you go um and the other thing is out loud is starting some dnd groups and i'm very nice. excited about that i think it's gonna be really really fun yeah totally yeah totally fun. and some of our kiddos have never played and they want to get into it and they can do it in a safe space with other queer people my queer joy is not having to be a part of these TNT groups. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my queer joy is, I don't know. I have a lot of queer joy, which is so weird because it's a very depressing week, but I would say that my queer joy is, I wonder actually if he listens to this podcast. I don't know. We have a tiny youth that has um, grasped a special place in my heart. <laughs> Um, he's like my little mini me. And I told him yesterday that I did not have a very good relationship with my siblings growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he very much makes me like, he feels like my little brother. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, like you're cool. I like hanging out with you. And he always does this thing where he's like, you're going to get so sick of me. And I'm like, I'm not going to get sick of you because I have three siblings that I didn't get to like have this relationship with. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, he, I know he, he thinks he's very obnoxious and he's a little bit insecure, but he's friggin' phenomenal. And he's one of the coolest kids I've ever met. And I'm just friggin' grateful to be in a job where I can bond with, you know, the 100%. cool queer kids. Like he reminds me so much of myself when I was young and his mom reminds me so much of my mom. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's cool when you accidentally get to heal your inner child a little bit. 100%. By bonding with a kid, you know? 
Yeah, a lot of our kids, I'm like, you're like a little sibling or like a little nibbling. Yeah. I'm like, I will be your cool queer auntie. And they're just so like, grateful for that. Like yeah. some of them sometimes are like, I don't think anybody knows that I exist. And I'm like, oh man, I think about you all the time. Like when our kids leave, I'm like, I wonder what that little dude is doing. Oh, I wonder what this little one does on her in her spare time. You know what I or mean? Like, like you I'm get curious. an email about an opportunity. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to forward this to so-and-so because yeah. they would really like, like this specific kid would love this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my queer joy. If he's listening, shout out to you, Alistair. You're my little bestie. Yeah. Jacob got a shout out. That's your brother. Yeah. My little brother gets a shout out too. Really all of our kids. I yeah. will all adopt you all as my nibblings. It's true. Shout out to literally every single one of you. Yes. We love you very much. And we love everybody listening and you're all valued and wonderful and special. And please take care of yourself in this very I don't want to say trying time. It seems like it's very minimizing, mm-hmm. but just take care of yourself, you know, check in on each other. Um, yeah, be kind to yourself and others. And